two brothers and their sports podcast. We're going to talk about the MLB's new proposed plan in Arizona and Florida, Deion Sanders joking about not giving his blessing for Todd Gurley to wear number 21, and the NBA's horse competition. But we have to start off with the NFL draft. The NFL draft is scheduled from April 23rd to April 25th, and there's a lot of controversy on who the top first rounders will be. We will be doing a mock draft for the first six picks. Arsh and I will start with rock, paper, scissors to see who will say the even draft picks and who will say the odds. We will then mock draft and explain. Ready? Yep. Rock, paper, scissors, paper. Okay, I beat him. He had rock, I had paper. I'm going to choose odds. And with the first pick of the 2020 Two Brothers in the Sports Draft, the Bengals select Joe Burrow, QB, LSU. Joe Burrow is probably the best college football quarterback. He probably had the best, he, I think, had the best college football season ever by any player, let alone a QB. Um, Chase Young was pretty up, pretty close to him, but I just couldn't pass up on this opportunity. If we were judging by athleticism, by all means, Chase Young. But I just couldn't pass up on this. He's too good of a player. Okay, for the second pick in the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast draft, uh, I'm going to go Chase Young, edge rusher from Ohio State. I think he is a game wrecker, and teams that go against him in the NFL will have to make their offensive line based around stopping him. He'll be, I think he'll be the next Aaron Donald or maybe Von Miller at an edge rusher. Aaron Donald wrecks the game, and teams have to plan against him, and I think that's what they'll have to do for Chase Young. I also think Chase Young is extremely athletic, just like Arsh said, and like I said earlier, he can be a game wrecker for whatever team he goes against. With the third pick, the Lions select Jeff Okuda, cornerback, Ohio State. He is greatly athletic. He's greatly athletic. He's an amazing corner, a shutdown corner. Um, I think he could be the next Jalen Ramsey. He's really like amazing at man coverage, and he helps around as 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 a zone corner. His corner blitzes are amazing. He all all around. He's an overall. He's a great player. He's a top three. Okay, so for the fourth pick, I'm going for the Giants. Tristan Wirfs, OL, offensive line from Iowa. I think this is a good pick for the Giants because last year I think their offensive line didn't protect their quarterback, whoever it was, Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, whoever, very well, leading to them not winning that many games and their quarterbacks being pressured the whole game. This, like, as I said earlier, can change everything. And your offensive line is basically, it stops, obviously, the most important player in the game, which is the quarterback. And if the quarterback is taking hits over and over and being pressured, it's going to throw him off. So and I think Tristan Wirfs is a solid lineman. He can do good for the Giants. Okay, with the fifth pick of the Miami Dolphins, their draft pick, this is a hard pick. It's going to be a QB for sure. Justin Herbert, Oregon, he's a senior. He's not that bad. Tua, I would rank better, but the thing is, Tua had a hip injury, which sometimes ends players' careers, and no one's been allowed to see him play. So, I think that Tua is a better player, and Tua looked good in his virtual pro workout, and his virtual pro day. Um... Although Justin Herbert has some problems that could be fixed, a huge upside. So this is a hard pick, but I'm going to go Tua. 
Um, I think he looked amazing during Virtual Pro Day. He shocked a bunch of um, he shocked a bunch of scouts. And Justin Herbert, he will be picked in the top ten. That's for sure. But he, although his upside is great, I think he should his potential is a top twenty. I'm not doubting his potential. He's very good. But I'm taking two here. Okay, so for the number six pick, I'm for the Chargers. I'm gonna go Justin Herbert, QB from Oregon. Like I said, he has a huge upside. He has some problems. He, can, I think the NFL can fix that for him. His coaches, whatever. And then the Chargers, they have a. I think they have a pretty. They have a pretty good wide receiver core. Their line is good. Their defense is good. So that should just keep him to his standards, and that should make him a pretty good quarterback already. And then how the fact that how good he is, plus the fact that he's going to the NFL with coaches that know how to mold him, I think this is a good pick. Last night, the NBA horse competition finished with the semifinals and the finals. Zach Levine narrowly lost to Mike Conley in the finals. Arv, what do you give a take about this? Well, I've seen a lot of this on TV, like for ads and stuff. And I thought it was a good concept, and but when I first turned the TV on to actually look on it, I thought look at it. I thought it was a little confusing, but when after I, like by the end, I thought it was a really clever idea, and the way they did it was like really good. And then I was rooting for Mike Conley the whole time because well, not well, I was just rooting for him, and I think he he beat Tamika Ketchens. Tamika catchings, obviously, but I think it would have been much closer if Tamika wasn't going against the wind-chilling winds and the cold. And then Levine demolished Paul Pierce. He beat him H-O-R-S-C to nothing. I thought that's just because Levine was too creative and athletic for Paul Pierce. The, um, the going up with the left hand hitting the right side of the backboard and then doing a reverse, reverse I just thought that was really clever and then I was also really surprised that Trey Young lost early in the first round or like in the first round because I thought he had it beat which I thought I thought he beat Chauncey Billups he earlier on Twitter he posted that he had the bag of tricks and Chauncey better be ready but I think he uh when he was up early I, I think he should have just brought out the tricks then and finished him off but I he never brought them out and then he ended up losing Arsh, what do you think? So I think this was um, a great opportunity for the NBA and WNBA. And um, I think that the WNBA really showed what they could do with CP3, one of the um, one of the NBA's most favorite players, one of the most beloved players, losing to um, Allie Quigley. And she just put the dropped the ball. And basically... Um, those two shots that Ali quickly made from the ground, one in the quarterfinals and one in the semifinals, just shocked me. Um, and Tamika Ketchings gave a pretty good fight against Mike Conley in the first round, who would eventually win it all. Um, like my brother said, I think that it was because she was out in the cold. Um, but I think Mike Conley still would have won, even though even if she was in the same conditions as Mike was, which leads me to my next point. I think the ultimate thing that helped Mike Conley was that he was at home and he was inside. With all the money that he had got from being in the NBA, at one time he was the most paid, the highest paid player in the NBA. 
he took that money and built an indoor gym, which I think is the ultimate home court advantage. Now on to our next topic, Deion Sanders and Todd Gurley. When, Deion San when Todd Gurley signed with the Falcons, a few days later, he Todd Gurley announced that Deion Sanders hadn't given him his blessing to wear number 21, which Deion Sanders wore when he was on the Falcons in his whole career. Arsh, what do you think of this? Well, Desmond Trumpet has been wearing number 21 for seven years, and I think Todd Gurley should wear whatever number he wants. I know that Deion's a great, and we have to respect that, but, like... Why are you saying that you need people don't need your blessing to be able to wear a number? I get that he was joking and that's fine. Um, but if he's just saying that now publicity because he doesn't wanna get he doesn't wanna get all the backlash, um, I think that it's okay if he's joking. But if he's not, if he's just doing that from his ego, I think that he should like just fix that. Because Taco isn't even that bad. If you listen to our episode one, um, we worked on, we talked about Todd Gurley and stated our points. And I believe that Todd Gurley should be able to wear whatever number he wants, unless obviously someone says that's on the team says no. But I just think it's okay if he's kidding, not okay if he's not. I agree with you about the kidding, and I thought it didn't really help anybody. I, uh, for me personally, I think it caused it caused a lot of confusion for me. Because I didn't know if he was joking or if he was serious in the beginning. But then a few days later, he tweeted that he was joking. But I think Deion Sanders said something to Todd Gurley that was meant to be private. And Todd Gurley just said it as a joke, not knowing what the media would think of it. And then now Deion Sanders has to tweet that. So I don't really know the deal with this. I thought it, it, caused, it caused me a lot of confusion. Arsh, I know he stated his point And yeah. <laughs> The MLB's new plan for the COVID-19 and dealing with it is to play in isolation with no fans in Arizona and Florida, where all the team's spring training facilities are located. Arv, what do you think about this plan? Well, I think this is not a good idea first because the virus is still going on and I don't think it would be safe to play, play still while the virus is going on. And that also leads me to my next point, which is there's no point playing without fans because the athletes could also have COVID and it could still spread that way. Um, yeah, and what do you think, Kirsch? So I think that this is, I mean, people need their sports. You can see the impact all around the world. People really want to have something to tune into, and sports would be a great option. I agree with you a little bit about the COVID-19, but not... You might, do you think that it's better to, it's just same to have fans than to not have fans while playing because the players could have it? Uh, no, I think having no fans is better, but because it reduces the fans, get the fans risk, but it also, but it doesn't decrease the athlete's risk at all. It does decrease it a little though, because with 40,000 fans watching you plus, and like you're going to be within six feet of them. One in the dugout, but like, I don't know how they're gonna manage being in the dugout. I get that they have a cactus and grapefruit league, but they might come up with a new plan. And I think that this is, this is a big step for them, but this is basically like, if you've ever had an essay in LA, this is their rough draft. Yeah. And I, they need to revise it, edit it, and make it a final draft. Yeah, I think this is, I think it would be interesting to see new rivals because 
over the if this plan becomes real because the past a lot the past few years it's been usually the same teams are rivals but what about like if the Yankees were rivals with the Dodgers or Red Sox with the Phillies or stuff like that that'd be so interesting and then maybe at the end of the year if they went back to the other method it could maybe keep those rivals intact and it could maybe change the MLB schedule thereafter because of this plan I'm really hopeful about this plan um I hope it works out and I hope that they can fix if there's any flaws to fix the flaws because people need their sports and it'll be a great influencer. Thanks for listening to the second episode of Two Brothers Under Sports. Subscribe to hear when we release our newest podcast and leave a review for what you would like to hear. Thanks. You can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Thanks.